HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, the brand new co-working space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. What have two years and 82 episodes taught us about love? We are wrapping up our summer season with treasured takeaways. It's Monday, August 7th, and this is Love Bites Radio. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I'm 36 single, and you can find me as at Words Food Art. And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am 34 for four more days. I'm getting so old. I'm in a relationship, and you can find me as at Ben Rose NYC. We have some birthday drinking to do. We sure do. Both of us have gotten super old in the last couple weeks. And that's our transitory period. As I. Slancha. 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 I sip from a beer, and Jacqueline drinks her. My neat little vodka. It's Monday. It's raining it's in New tall, York City. That was a tall pour, too. I know he was very he was very gentle with me. It took me a while to decide. Um, this is an exciting day for us, Benjamin. I'm full of love today. Me too. On this rainy Monday in New York City, this is the last show of our summer season here at Heritage. We are taking a break until September seventh as a team oh. here. I know. 
I know David, right? Well, David's excited. He's on vacation next week. Woo-hoo! He's going to the Outer Banks. He's going to get a tan. As, as Ben would say, see ya. See ya. <laughs> I'm see jealous, ya. man. Go I want to say see ya and see go ya. somewhere. Go to the beach. Sweet. Yeah. See ya at the seashore. I'm actually planning a little vacation, too. You are? Where are you going? Yeah. I think the lady and I are going to Miami. My aunt, Bienvenido, yeah. Miami. Lovely. You boys. Boy's leaving me here in Nueva York. Um, well, I'm going to Connecticut tomorrow. Whatever. Whatever. How exotic. <laughs> I know. So exotic. Um, yeah. So we're, we're taking a station break for a month. Uh, so today we are wrapping up. We've been here for two years at Heritage Radio. And, and we've you learned... managed not to kill me. I know. How? I have the great will of strength. Um, great strength of feet. Oh, what is that? That's uh, that's Robin Hood men in tights. That's what that is. Great strength of feet. I thought you were trying to like quote Shakespeare or something. I was like, no, oh, no, it's no, it's, no, it's, it's okay. Mel Brooks. It's Mel Brooks. Similar. But so today uh, to wrap up because so we've been our last five weeks we've had our Me and You series which is focused on uh, interviewing each other and other guests sort of on a one on one basis and it's gotten me thinking about. All of the conversations we've had and the shows we've done, we've had 82 episodes focusing on love. I know. It's pretty awesome, right? So today, listeners, we've decided to sort of just pick each one episode, one point in these 82 episodes and two years that has stuck with us for a transitory moment in our lives that was sort of captured on the show. And then another moment where a guest has said something that's sort of stuck in our minds personally that we've brought with us as we've explored our creative lives or our personal lives, our personal growth. And so we're going to share clips from each of us, two episodes, and talk about why those moments stuck with us. So Shall I go first? I think you should go first. Okay. Thank you for volunteering. I'm, well, so, if I get it over with, then like, it's just, you have to do the work for the rest of the show. You just don't want to so. rock, paper, scissors me because I always win anyway. That's basically <sighs> what this is. true. Huh. So yeah, so why don't you, why don't you explain this first clip um, before we dive into it? Okay, well, this was uh, Kristen Newman uh, speaking way back um, in May of last year from episode 33, 33. of Love Bites, um, talking about traveling solo and pushing her personal limits and what that did for her dating life and how that kind of helped her. She's um, an author, right? She, yes. She wrote a memoir. She did. And she was speaking about her book and about how she sort of conquered some of her fears or conquered, overcame some of her limits in dating. So let's jump to the men part, because you unabashedly talk about the men that you sleep with around the world. And it's one of the most fun things, obviously, for people to get to read about the book. What did you learn about yourself in romantic relationships from all of these different types of experiences you had over basically the course of a decade? Well, the big thing that I learned is that, you know, I I, I kept sort of not settling down because of a lot of reasons. I didn't want to lose the freedom and adventure, especially after I got into Argentina that first time. And I was like, oh my God, if I get a boyfriend, I had a boyfriend the next year when my, when my time off from work, you know, I work on TV shows, so I get springs off. My time off was coming back and I was like, I don't want to have to take anybody with me anywhere. Like that, 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 I need to do that more. And so that became such an addiction um, that I avoided people for that reason. But then also I always said that there wasn't a perfect person out there that I was waiting for, but a perfect feeling. Um, this, like this kind of 100% signed, sealed, delivered, no, you know, no questioning at all sort of feeling deep inside of me um, that 
I wanted to have. And really, when I looked at that feeling eventually, I realized that what I really wanted was to feel like a different person. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted somebody who would mm-hmm. change the way it felt to be me. <laughs> and it was only after you know, a volume of people came through my life and nobody could make that me feel that way unless they for sure were going to be gone from my life in like a week or less because I had a plane ticket that had to take me away from them. But like once I realized that like what I really wanted was someone to make me feel something that I actually don't have the capacity to feel, which is completely calm and sure, (laughs) just like, like I'm not great at math and I'm not feeling good at feeling completely calm and sure. And what it took a lot of people and years for me to understand that I wanted someone to fundamentally change who I was and that that wasn't ever going to happen. And I had to just kind of come to peace with what it is to be in my own body and experience the world the way I experience it and like ride out the anxious, ambivalent moments because I'm going to have them with everybody because I'm just, that's how I'm built, you know? Benjamin. Yes. <laughs> so listeners, that's uh, Kristen Newman, and she's the author of What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding. And all of these clips, just to let you know, are on lovebitesradio.com right now with links to their original shows. So what I remember at the time, so this is May of last year of 2016, and I remember this show sticking with you. Why does it stick with you today? What at that time stuck out then? Well, I mean, I think the timing is relevant in that I was at the very, very, very beginning of my current relationship. Right. Um, But timing aside, I think it's just the way she articulated what she said about wanting to feel a way that she doesn't have the capacity to feel. Yeah, even now you're nodding at words like the perfect feeling and the per like I, I could see you nodding at at her just saying this anxious you know words anxious words perfect words change ambivalent. Like just ambivalent. Yeah. Yeah, and that's those are all very much part of who I am and I identify very strongly with what she's saying and and that desire to feel something perfect and certain um, I crave in my life a very strict and impossible level of certainty. Um, and part of that is my struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. Um, and the way that that, um, creates a tendency in me to work with black and white thinking at times. It's either perfect or it's shit. I'm either certain or it's raw. It's not good. Um, so you're certain in either way, really? Right, right. right. A lack of certainty means that I'm certainly that it's wrong. wrong. Right. right. Um, and all the doubt is that is outside of certainty gets highlighted or exacerbated by anxiety. So what Um, did her, so in her story and what she shared that day was about how she processed through meeting this person who helped her change that reality. And so how did her sharing that and her, and and that's sort of the path that you are still on and are still working with. Like, did that? Yeah. I don't know that she said that she met someone who helped her change that reality. I think what she was saying was that she had to come to peace with that within herself. Well, right. But I mean like that person, like, you know, she still traveled. She just traveled sometimes alone and sometimes with him and that like she, 
the person that she met didn't didn't change her as a person. You know, like totally. she was looking for the person who was going to make her a new person, and she didn't find it. Didn't find that totally, like, and so because it, it's impossible to find, right? And, and so, like, it was so about think, acclimation to this a new idea, which is sort of what you're still working with. I find so myself did, on that same journey that I imagine she was on without being able to be inside of her body and inside right. of her mind. So how is how um, is how have her words? changed with you as you've grown in your relationship. I mean, they, I often think back to those words and they've become sort of a mantra for myself and a reminder for myself, um, that I am who I am. I feel the way I feel. There's nothing that's going to change that. And I am working on, and I think it's going to continue to be my life's work. One of the greatest challenges in my life to, continue to live with this part of myself that maybe I'm not so excited about that. I, you know, I wish I could be like, have that certainty that I want. And like, I totally crave that. that I'm not going to have it. And like, that's okay. And like, I'm not going to let that get in the way of forming a great relationship, which I now have. And I hope that (laughs) <laughs> I hope that it's okay that I say this on the air, but you and I have talked as friends often about this being something, a challenge for you that you are constantly coming to terms with as far as how much you articulate in your relationship and how much you process on your own. And that this might be something that you overcome and it might be something that you don't. And it's just, it, it's, it may be something that goes away and it may not, but Totally. It's, it's effect on your relationship may, again, may be something that, that goes away. It may not. I mean, like, it's... it's Yeah, and a relationship is also a living, breathing, imperfect thing right. as well and doesn't need to have, like, if this has or has or doesn't have a resolution within the context of my relationship, that also doesn't mean that the relationship isn't worth continuing. Exactly. Exactly. Now, listeners, we have not, um, in the spirit of spontaneity and the beautiful uh, long-term growth of Love Bites Radio, we've actually not planned this show particularly as much as we plan most shows. So I'm going to ask you flat out, Ben, uh, because we wanted to sort of keep these clips very uh, personal and very sort of uh, reflective of what they mean to us as individuals. Is there anything you want to share about this clip that I have not asked you directly? Is there anything that has stuck with you that you just want to share that I've not directly asked you before Mm. we move on about this clip specifically? Yeah. Before we move on to your next one. Um, No, I think we covered most of what I wanted to say. Great. So why don't we move into your next clip? Great. The next one um, is, uh, was the beginning of our episode, the first half of our episode, where we had on um, Iris Higgins, who we had on to yeah, speak she's, about yeah. honing in on our romantic intuition. Yeah, she's the she was my life coach for a little bit over a year. She's at the goldilocksmovement.com. Yeah. And anyway, before she came on, in the first half of the episode, we were talking with each other about what how we define intuition and how we let it work on us in our present lives. And this was part of our conversation. Yeah, we're like jumping right in the middle of the conversation right here. So even our intuition is limited to our own 
previous experiences right. and our own knowledge of the world and our own view of the world at the time. And so we can have intuition based on that, right. that once we have a new experience later on is like, oh, now I, my intuition will sh- is shifted now because... I want to throw the flip side of that too is that like if we're trying to be honest and present with, with speaking about romantically in the moment with someone too is that our intuition can be shaped by the day we've had, the mood we're in, the lighting, the... Exactly. If we're drunk at all or not totally or if we're sober i feel like intuition is just a feeling yes. like any other and feelings come and go right and therefore i am loath to let my intuition be the thing that guides me as opposed to my choices and what i know that i want in my life to be the guide but we also just did say before <laughs> that when we've like gone against our intuition about somebody, be like, oh, I'm going to try to be more open minded and see where this goes. Then well, back anyway. in June when this is recording, <laughs> that's what I'm doing, and it's it's working for me. I, I am going right. again a little bit against my intuition, and like it's I'm finding as I develop more of a closeness and a more of an emotional intimacy with the person that I'm dating, that it's. I'm finding that really valuable and really comforting right. and really worthwhile. And so I actually think that fighting that intuition is not even the right word. See, that's the thing. I think intuition is such an elusive thing and like, it is. Like, and we may oh, never be able to wrap no, our heads I think we've made around the uh, real definition of intuition. Yes. We will need to talk with Iris about that. Okay. We're such darks. <laughs> we are. A, I don't, yes, I think that, yes, I think we are such a dorks is the only thing we can conclude from 82 episodes of this. <laughs> B, um, so listeners, that recording is from June of 2016, so only a month after the last one. It's and amazing. You this said must have been a very sort of intense formative time for you. Time yeah. For me. So yeah. you said that at that time you were going against your intuition and you picked this clip where we were debating even the word intuition and what it meant. And we were debating about going with your intuition against going, you know, with against going against your intuition. So why did you pull this clip as being a formative period for you in your romantic life? I think it's because of the very coherent point I made about, <laughs> um, intuition being a feeling and, um, you know, similarly to what we were just talking about in the prior clip, It's like for a long time, I was really letting feelings be my guide and being feelings being the most important thing. And and feelings are so fleeting and so whimsical and so, you know, you can't rely on them. I want to get all I want to be like, but what are even feelings? Because that's like because that's yeah. What are even feelings? Right. I mean, they're 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 really based on needs and, you know, base Impulses, impulses, and whatnot. And, yeah, um, and I have really another mantra that I'm trying to abide by is that like I make choices in my, like I yes. can choose the life that I want. Yes, and reg- like my choices for what I want can't be so flimsy that they are bent by every little feeling I have here every now and again that are, you know, like you said, can be based on the temperature, can be based on not getting enough sleep, can be based on so many different things. And like, I want a life that is driven by choice and by, 
I guess my will more than my feelings. Mm. Um, I mean, I like the word feelings though. I just want feelings to be more grounded in, um, merit, if that makes sense. And more, I want feelings to be less about. I feel like often in dating, especially early on, sorry to interrupt, no, 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 but no, to this please. point, yeah. I feel like intuition often gets, um, as we were talking about it, is kind of gets lumped in and based on sort of like the lust, the beginnings, exactly. the That's early what I meant, feelings. like what are feelings before. And it's, it's like, funny yeah. because I had just uh, saw this little graphic on on someone f- posted on Facebook recently and it um I pulled it up just now because it I think it relates to what we're talking about feelings love is I think an action love is yeah there's feelings involved but love is a choice and lust infatuation is more based in feelings and so th- here's a graphic I saw that was comparing infatuation versus love um, infatuation, sudden. Love, gradual. Infatuation, highly emotional. Love, faithfully consistent. Hmm. Infatuation, idealistic. Love, realistic. Infatuation, based on a feeling. Love, based on commitment. And it continues to go on, but I think the final one is, again, part of the important thing. My relationship it brings lots of positive feelings, but it's based in my commitment to my partner, my desire to make her feel good more than my fleeting feelings and my ability to like feel sort of lustful infatuation, that sort of euphoria that, you know, is nice, um, but not the greatest basis for a real relationship. Uh, listeners, we will share that graphic on our social media feeds. I think maybe we should today. take a break so that we can get... Before we do, Ben, I yeah. want to commend you, though, because that, um, that is an awesome first half of the show. And I think a really beautiful sign of growth in the last two years, both from things that stuck with you and lessons learned and emotional maturity. And um, Thank I just you. Re- I, just really, I just really love what you just said and thank you and i'll say and sharing this journey with you thank you and i will yeah. say about this journey that i am so grateful you know we got to capture both of, both it, of us spent like, the last you know couple of nights pouring over our episodes <laughs> right. looking for these clips and i'm so grateful that we have documentation yeah, like we journaled of, this journey. yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't journal right but like now i have this journal that i can go back to and i can look at where i was in this my growth, life and yeah. be like oh i've made this growth and here's what i was thinking and why and I feel Thanks very to fortunate Heritage for Radio that. and listeners for this this fun thing. So yeah. on that note, uh, yeah. we will take a break. And this is the last day of our summer season, as we said earlier. And we're taking a break till September 7th. So there's no better time to catch up on old episodes of Love Bites. <laughs> you can listen to our feeds at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. And while you're on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to click on some stars or drop us some words of love. We're always wanting to hear from you on social media as well. We are at Love Bites Radio on all platforms. So stay steamy for the rest of the summer. I like your alliteration there. Stay steamy for the rest of the summer. And uh, right now, kick back for a few words from our sponsor. Start deep and I dive in an ocean of love So blue in your 
100 Bogart Street is finally open and ready for Bushwick. 100 Bogart is a brand new, state-of-the-art co-working space that provides turnkey workspaces, including open layout desks, meeting spaces, and furnished private offices. Members have access to top-notch amenities such as custom furniture, high-speed internet, spacious kitchenettes with coffee and tea, printers, scanners, and much more. Alongside their professional work environment, 100 Bogart also provides exclusive educational programming for any curious entrepreneur. Heritage Radio Network has made their new office home at 100 Bogart and will host many events there in the future. For more information about their co-working space, visit 100bogart.com and become a member to network, create, and educate. I love that music. I know. David. It felt very fitting for it this did. episode somehow. It's like rainy and we're nostalgic and it's definitely my kind of sweet and sentimental. That's why I get paid the big bucks. You do, David. You got Make the heart. creative decisions. Oh, we're going to get you. You just wait till the end of the episode. Speaking mm-hmm. of sweet and sentimental. Yeah. Let's get to some clips. All right. Um, so, all right. So I'm jumping to the sort of big, big mo- moments lessons here. So my clip is from um, June 20th of last year and it's uh it's my turning point episode so this is from our food in the city episode with einer with author Ina yaloff um and it's from the beginning of the episode where we talk about how i'm going to embark on a social media cleanse which i boldly came on and declared that i was going to do on the show i had to make it official and so i wrote a piece that i put on huffington post via heritage radio and put on heritage radio and put on love bites radio saying that i was going to go on off of social media and dating apps for 40 days. And so our clip starts in the midst of me saying what I'm doing and why. And, but that's all I was planning was 40 days off of apps. And this was just what I was doing. So that's what we're just going to jump into the clip. I know it's going to feel I'm going, I'm doing a lot of traveling. I won't be able to be bored in an airport and scrolling through Facebook. What are you going to do when the impulse comes to face it? I'm going to face it. If it's because I'm lonely, because I don't feel well, then I'm going to be like, all right, it sucks. You're lonely. So go meditate or go talk to your roommate. I was so sick last week and I was still so embarrassed and too shy to like, just tell my roommate how badly I was feeling. I didn't connect with her because of how embarrassed and shy and vulnerable I was feeling. If I don't have anybody, if I don't have like a fallback way to soothe myself from still seeing people at a distance, then I'm going to have to see people. Like as far as the dating thing, I'm going to have to, you know, I'll people watch and I'll talk to people more and I'll read more. I think I'm just going to save time too. I'll get to read more and I'll, you know, pay attention when I'm walking my dog. Like there's, there's plenty of stuff to do. At the end of the piece that you wrote, you say... Well, what is my goal? I'm not sure. I'll figure that out when I'm done. Yeah. Um, so then what like, what really did prompt this? Like, how did you... It was a bunch of little things. It's feeling like I... It's feeling disconnected as a human being. It's... I can't have the conversations that I want to have about the pulse shooting on Facebook. If you are voting for Donald Trump because you feel that he's going to make America great again, why do you feel America is not great right now? I can't have those conversations with people who have different ideas than I do as fully on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And we are so defensive and we hide behind a screen. I can't, I'm not really connecting with people as fully as I want to. And the same thing with dating. I'm tired of getting ghosted. I'm tired of guys swiping on my face and then not reading my profile that says, I don't want kids, you know, like it's just, it feels so false and I'm tired of it. 
I'm tired of it. Tired of it. I hope you're paying more attention when you walk, Mitra, and that you're not I just am. walking aimlessly into today. the street. No, I talked. I talked to so many people. Now, That's life great. is different. I mean, do you want to just start by sharing why you chose this? Yes, because my life, because that was a huge turning point and I didn't know it at the time. And that's awesome. Can you speak a little bit to the breadth of yeah, how big so a turning point it is? After, after those 40 days, I kept going and I launched this project called My Year of Abstinence. And I picked, yes, I picked a cheeky name because the URL was free and the idea of abstinence makes it sound, you know, about sex and it wasn't, but whatever. Um, and... I took other stuff and clickbait, which whatever, I'm not good at that kind of stuff and whatever. That's a whole other, a whole other thing. But I mean, I took other stuff out after the social media thing and the dating app thing. I took out shopping and sugar and waste and television. I, I basically, when I said that I was tired of feeling disconnected, I discovered that not only social media and dating apps, but so, but all of these habits that we go through in life are basically distractions for dealing with our emotions. That habit is the great deadener. 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 It is. I mean, it's yeah. like that. That the loneliness that I mentioned, the being sick and not opening up to my roommate, the walking my dog and not talking to neighbors. That I read so many more books now. Like I, I. It was funny listening to that and saying like I'll read books. Like I, I've fallen back in love with literature. I walk my, like saying I'll walk my dog and talk to people. I talk to so many people everywhere. I feel very much the opposite of what I say in that episode, but I had no idea the extent of what would change when I said that on that episode. Like that was like a domino effect to so many and and it's funny because like at that time what happened what, after those 40 days is that like I launched this bigger idea thinking that like I I really reassessed the bigger problems in my life like I'm single I'm broke and I'm sick my illness has got my illness got worse in August and I faced the dark shit of my life that I'm my illness is getting worse and I'm getting broker and I actually faced the fact that I did not like being single and I do, and I dove into all of this stuff and it got worse before it got better. And I'm still single and I'm still broke and I'm still sick, but I'm so much happier and I am so much more engaged. Like I'm the opposite of those things that I said then. And I had no idea. So that's why I picked that clip because that really, and like we were saying before the break, like having this sort of weird journal and all of these episodes and all the journaling I did on my like I had to hold myself accountable for this whole time and so my life is completely different. Do you have any examples of like how exactly removing these habits helped you get in touch with your Yeah, because emotions? I had to pay attention to everything. When I couldn't when I was upset and my natural reaction was to like even right now at the bar, like I had a rough day and so I wanted a drink, but I didn't just reach for a drink. I had to decide what drink I wanted. Like, and even that like process that we had at the bar, like that was figuring out what do I actually want? And there have been a lot of times where I'm upset and I figure out, no, I actually don't want a drink and I actually don't have a drink. And I figure out like, oh, I'm actually just really upset that this editor did this thing and I don't actually respond in that moment and I take a breath and I take a walk and I think through what's upsetting me and I don't respond until the next day until I've thought through something and I come to a better place about it. Or even today, I had a really crappy 
interaction this morning and I got on the subway and I was in a better mood by the time I got here about so like I face I face things or I I have panic attacks about things like I've worked through how to get out of panic attacks because I recognize that I'm having a panic attack about something and instead of instead of instead of just going into the panic attack like I, I recognize when I'm feeling emotions and before this whole project I had habits that masked them I reached for the phone to go into Instagram or Twitter or I reached for the brownie or I went onto Amazon and bought something or I went whatever it was whatever it was I had a band-aid yeah. And then I took away all of the band-aids one by one by one by one and had to figure out either when I was in a good mood and couldn't Instagram the sunset or in a bad mood and couldn't reach for the brownie or the martini or the Instagram or whatever it was. And I had to face it. And so now I just know whenever I feel something, I face it. Yeah, And, and life is fascinating that way. It's scary and it's fascinating and I have no idea what's coming and life is still hard and it's awesome. And and if the reason we develop those habits, it seems is to like is yes, but in fact it's the opposite. Like it has the opposite effect, as you pointed out, and as you've discovered. And I'm so like admire how you've pursued this. But that like on the other side of the negative emotion is a better thing. I have no idea what's coming in my life, and I can't wait to find out. I don't know where I'm going to be, and I don't know what it is, and I just. I'm ready and I want it to happen. It's more like I'm itching. I don't know where I'm going to be or what it is. Has, sorry. So now, now that you've said this, has the year of abstinence prepared you for what comes next in a specific way? Yeah. Because I have no idea. Like I, I think I'm ready to, I, I'm, I'm whatever's coming. I'm only ready for it because of this year. It's changed how I talk to people. It's changed how I feel about myself. It's changed how I look at my work. It's changed how, especially because I have this illness that limits me, how I, it cha- it's changed my confidence and Sounds my like my feeling of um, safety in the world. I feel very unsafe because I have no money and because I have a body that limits me and because I am in some ways alone. I'm not alone because I have family and friends and a safety net because I have family and friends, but I feel very unsafe because I am single and sick and broke, but I have these tools that I have learned and I have confidence and I have a core and I have values. And so in those I am safe. It's actually like you've kind of performed your own behavioral therapy on yourself. It's so cool. It's really amazing. Do you have anything else you want to mention about this before we move on to the next clip? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, so who's next? the next clip uh, pulls into this. So it's Sarah Eckel. She's the author of It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons You're Single. And this goes way back to episode 15, which was January 4th, 2016. Uh, the episode is titled It's Not You, You're Single in Your 30s. Enjoy it. And this is the last question that we asked her on that episode. You talked with so many women, both professionally and personally, when you were researching this book and in your work in general. Was there one great takeaway that you actually learned from another woman about how to be happy and single at the same time, but still be open to finding love? I think the thing that most struck me was that the older women, the older the women were, the more relaxed they were and the more they didn't 
take every single date personally. They could just kind of go on the date and enjoy the date for its own sake, regardless of what happened. And um, another woman I spoke to who was now, you know, she, she was in a serious relationship. She said, you know, the only thing that I regret about that time was all the time I spent worrying about it. Um, you know, because your life is your life, and there's, you have, there are things you can control and things you can't, but the worry, I, that really resonated with me. The time that I spent worrying, um, that just seemed like, I look back on that, and that seemed like a real waste of time. I'm just picturing you with, like, a cigarette in one hand, like a bottle of wine in the other ear that you're drinking <laughs> out of, and just like, fuck it. No, that's the darker version of me. <laughs> I'm the lighter version of me. So why did you pick this one? Because back then, that sort of nonchalance was what I aspired to. That um, intellectually, I didn't worry about being single. Like, I, I didn't care because I don't have this timeline. I don't want children. And I have never instinctually cared about being married. I don't want a white picket fence. I don't want a traditional or what we deem a traditional life. I'm still very happy being a weird, quote-unquote weird, artist in her mid-30s in New York City. And so... You're not that weird. I'm not that weird, unfortunately. I'm not as weird as most people I know. I'd like to be weirder. Um, But, like, I've never... So, intellectually, it never bothered me that I was single, but, like, we started this show... Like, the day that we started this show, I broke up with somebody, and we had this show about about dating. We tried all this stuff, and, like, it 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 was one of those that, like... You can say you don't worry about being single, but when you keep on trying these dating things and everybody doesn't know why you are single and you work to be a very emotionally evolved person with weird, you know, with a weird illness, but weird, but you know, like it, 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 that stuff sort of does like sink on you in a way, but like I wanted to not care and not worry about the fact that I was still single and then also there's people who are like, oh, the minute that you stop thinking about it, that's when a relationship comes. And like we talked about that on one of our dating cliche shows, too, that I was like, well, I don't care. But like all of the like all like the I don't believe that dating rules exist or work for every like there's none of the cliches. There's no blanket. Yes. Sure. Yay or nay. Like that's sort of what we can, can conclude from our 82 episodes. Right. Like there's no blanket rule for dating relationship success. Relationships and dating are as unique as the people who are involved. Exactly. But I still wanted to not have, like to have that confidence and not worry. That was always a goal. And only recently do I feel like I've achieved it. And so that, what do you credit having achieved it to? Um, this hippy dippy like place that I'm in where I just, uh, life has gotten to be so satisfying that like, I do, I do want a relationship. I want to be in love with someone. Um, I do want a partner, but, um, I'm just finding real life so fascinating that I don't want to be on a device to find it. And I'm finding being on a device distracting and I'm not being very good at it. And so like, I will be like, oh, I want to meet somebody. And so I'll go on the apps and I'll start messaging. And also I'm like over the summer, I spend time out of the city. Like, so I go to Connecticut or I went to Rhode Island with my mother. Like I'm not, I'm really not (laughs) because of the social media stuff and then not being on dating apps. I just really don't want to be on my phone or on the computer when I don't have to be. I'm really enjoying being in real life. And so I'm not very considerate. 
And so if I don't feel like being on a device and messaging somebody back, if I don't feel like using my energy to go meet somebody, I don't know. I'm not being a considerate person on dating apps right now. I would much rather spend time in three dimensions with people I care about or walking my dog or living in the tangible three-dimensional world. That's really bringing me satisfaction right now. And so dating, like the whole first date scenario, is just dropped down on my priority list. And so I'm just not worried. And I'm how does really that, not worried right now. How does that manifest itself in your like day-to-day life? Is it freer? Is it lighter? Is it totally freer because I'm not I'm really just don't care. Like I just and to the point that though, like I went off the dating apps and like two weeks later I signed back on to message two guys to be like, I'm sorry that I just totally ghosted in a way. And they were both cool about it. Like they were both cool. They were both like, oh, they, oh, I didn't really think you ghosted because like we were at the point where when I got back into town, we were going to message and meet up and I just took my profile down and I felt bad about it and they were fine about it, but I still felt like a schmuck, but I still wasn't well, like, let's meet up. Person. I wasn't like, let's meet up, but I just didn't, you know, like I'm just not into the digital dating scene right now. And whether that means I don't meet somebody that way for a while, that's fine. But I'm not, I don't want to worry about that world right now. And if that means I don't date, I'm not going to worry about it. I, I'm just really enjoying being a human. Good. Yeah. Any other final thoughts to share on that? I still believe in love after 82 episodes. I believe in big love. I believe in real love. I believe in hard love. What about you? I believe in love. Um, I believe that, you know, as I kind of just said, like we are all on such unique journeys toward love of others, love of self. Um, and I'm, I've so enjoyed spending um, 82 episodes sharing so part of that journey with you. This show started off as... You know, two friends coming together to kind of talk about dating, <laughs> and it was going to be fun, but also maybe a little scary and all of that. And it's, been and it's fun really and scary. turned into something that's created so much personal growth for both of us, yeah. which I think, you know, speaks to A, the power of our friendship, B, the power of being open and honest and vulnerable and what that can do to um, help quiet some of the demons and the scariness of having unspoken fears. I think that's a good lesson for anybody that communication and talking it out helps uh, calm scary fears, whether you have a microphone or you don't. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Wait, so wait, before we ask David, so is it, Love bites or love bites. It's funny because when I came, when I came up with the title, I thought it was a love bites. But then on the very first episode when you introduced it, like you said bites. love bites, and it's remained on air. Love bites, right? But I think it's whatever you know. I think it can change I, in the moment. See, I think it's love bites now. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think you've won me over. I think it's Aww. love. Bites. Yeah. <laughs> All right, since he's cued us up. So, David, you don't know this, but we've decided for our game that Ben and I are not asking each other, or would you rather? We're just turning it on you, sir. Uh-oh. So, listeners, David's in the booth right now, and we are ending our show with a game, Would You Rather? Ben, do you want to ask him? Or do you- yeah, yeah, I'll ask him. I'll ask Yay. him. Yay. So, David, 
All right, David. I'm here. Sexuality notwithstanding, <laughs> would you rather date Jacqueline or date Ben? <laughs> wow. Um, David. Man. I, I, or, a, or a threesome. No, no. <laughs> okay, okay, no. okay, 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 okay. No, no, no. No. Nope. You, get, you get one choice, David. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> he's totally on the spot. <laughs> that wow, that's a obviously real, he wasn't prepared for this. I, I, yeah, I thought it was going to be something I way know. less introspective. Nope. Um, we get, we get, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I can answer that. I mean, I I really love both of you guys. I mean, Aww. I've gotten to know you through through working here at hit Heritage that Radio. For yourself. Yeah, hit yeah. that all button, David. It's, uh, it's out of reach right now. Oh, but I'll hit no. it later. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, should we let him off the hook? <laughs> Damn it! We didn't have a backup question. We were going to try it for a merry fucker kill, but we now we'd have to pull in a third host, and we don't have a third host. I guess. All right. Oh man, sorry, I let you down. We don't have a we don't have a backup button for the show now. It's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a failure. A, you just. Buzzed yourself out. Well, listen. I'm buzzing myself. I mean, I, I, yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's do fair. a little three way. Let's make it that. All right. You know, it'll be a polyamorous. I, mean, I would, I would uh, ask situation. our listeners, but I know we skew female, and so on Twitter we'll get a flood of like, oh, I would date Ben in a heartbeat. Ah, uh, yeah. I think our listeners love the shit out of you. So I know. All go right. Shush yourself. Well, listeners, um, well, if you want to reach out and let David know which one you would pick if you were him, we are <laughs> at Love by. Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Oh, if you want to, mm. yeah, if you want to hit David up, um, they're Heritage underscore Radio on all three platforms. That is our show for today, Benjamin. I love you. I love you too. I love you more. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to play this game because it I always just, it goes on forever. I love you. I love you too, That is our show for today. You can find our Me and You series, our New Beginnings and Ending series, and our Couple series. That's all of our series from 2017, plus our two moderation series that we snuck in there on HeritageRadioNetwork.org's iTunes and Stitcher. Connect with us on social. We are at Love Bites Radio, at Ben Rose NYC, and at Words Food Art. As always, thank you to our engineer, David, who really does love me the most. He just doesn't want to, to oh, admit bullshit. it. And our theme song is Give Love by the Josh Dion Band. We are Jacqueline Raposo and Benjamin Rosenblatt. And you have been listening to Love Bites on Heritage Radio Network. See ya. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Don't you know.